Hi everyone, this is Maya McLean and you're listening to the PPUK podcast. All right, guys, welcome to the PP UK podcast. And today is a really, really exciting day because we have a brilliant guest that we're going to chat to today. We have the incredible Maya McLean. Hi. <laughs> so, um, you will know her as 50% of the twins. And I'm really interested to talk to you because I think you have such a unique perspective on your time with Prince. And I think it's an era in his career, which is sometimes underexplored. So I'm really excited to talk to you because you spanned over such a long period of time. And I think a lot of fans don't realize actually how long you were working with Prince. Um, So I'm excited to delve into that. And then talking a little bit more about your recent pursuits with spiritual coaching and your retreat. So I'm really excited to delve in. Beautiful. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to, you know, to give a little peek into my experiences and share what I'm doing now and just connect with you all, everyone out there. <laughs> Amazing. I'm, I'm so excited. Um, so I suppose the, great, the best place to start off here is where did Prince discover you? How did you come to be in Prince's band? So, um... Our dream was to come to America and dance with Michael Jackson. And then once we started singing, then I feel like the universe shifted us into the into working with Prince because they're the same, right, the same level, just different vibes. Yeah. Um, and then Prince supports female singers. So I feel like the universe shifted that trajectory so we would end up in aligning with um, work, with working with Prince. Um, but we were, um, we moved to America to work with Michael and then we went and did a dance audition and then it ended up being for one of Prince's music videos, Breakfast Can Wait. I mean, not Breakfast Can Wait. <clears throat> um, what was it called? Incense and Candles. That was right. the song. Um, so we auditioned for that. Fatima was the choreographer and um, and I think he saw, I think this is, I heard a couple of stories. One was because I wasn't there in the room, they were, they were looking at the video footage and I heard that um, the camera was on one per, one of us and then it moved over and then saw the other one. And then he was like, who are those girls? That's what I, that was one story that I heard. Right. And then I heard another story from someone else in the camp saying that um, he saw that there was twins and that he didn't want to use twins because he already had the Diamonds and Pearls girls. Um, from before and then it was like repeating himself yeah. and then um, then one of the directors that he was working with she told me that he that they were con- that her and Fatima convinced him to work with us and bring us into the video <clears throat> um, or something like that so I've heard two sides that he was like yes who are those I want what are those who are those girls and then I heard the other side of the story <clears throat> um, so yeah we got um, cast for the the Tamar Ashley uh music video with him and then um we just started rehearsing um but what ended up happening with that was we were got we were doing like fittings and doing our dance rehearsals and stuff and then um and then once we were hanging out with them at the house because we were at the 3121 house in Hollywood in Beverly Hills <clears throat> um they um were I think we were hanging out with Tamar and then we started singing or something like that 
And then she got all excited because she found out we could sing, not just dance. And then she ran upstairs to find friends and said, they can sing, they can sing. That was the story. <clears throat> and then he was like, what? And then for some reason he just stopped the, doing the video and then he just wanted us to go on the road. So then we just all started rehearsing and then he wanted Tamar to be, he was kind of reinventing um, the Tina Turner vibe. So he right. wanted kind of positioning Tamar as kind of like the Tina Turner and then me and my sister as the Icats because we were singing and dancing and had us yeah. to put wear dresses like that too with our um like he wanted long long sleeve arms and then skirt and then skirts and then just all legs like the look that he wanted yeah <clears> I <throat> totally see that now you've said it actually that makes complete sense yeah, yeah. when we did all the Tamar tours that was the vibe so yeah that was how it started and what kind of time frame was that over? Because that sounds like that happened really quick. Yeah, well, we had co- we had come to America and we were dancing with the um, uh, uh, modern dance company first. That was our first um, kind of performance, and then yeah. I don't know. I feel like it was really quick. Like we ended up going. Mm, we didn't really feel like we wanted to do this. Like we wanted to be in the pop industry and wanted to work with artists as dancers. <clears throat> so we kind of ended up leaving that, and it was literally like our third audition. It was our first dance audition with Prince that we got, that that we ended up getting, and then we, there was no more dance auditions because we were just in his camp for ten years. <clears throat> um, but yeah, that whole term was pretty quick. We turned around pretty quick. We had two. I think we only had two rehearsals, and then. And then he hung out with, and then from there he hung out with us because he wanted to get to know us. So we went to Teddy's, the Roosevelt, which is like a little um, place that he used to like hanging out at, um, the Roosevelt Hotel. And there's like a little club underneath. It's called Teddy's on Hollywood, on Sunset, Sunset Hollywood, Hollywood, Hollywood Boulevard. <clears throat> Sorry, I've been living in Mexico and I'm just <laughs> in at the moment and I'm like trying to figure out where how do I get like all the street names and I've been in Mexico for two years it's fine no. most of our listeners are from the UK and won't know the difference so it's fine <laughs> right. right so I don't need to worry about that um yeah so he ended up wanting to hang out there and we went out one night and he just was kind of getting to know us and asking us questions and kind of we were we were really innocent and young so we didn't really know but my sister's boyfriend at the time was there and um and he's going he was giving you guys the 180 like really checking in to see whether you're going to fit into the camp whether you're trustworthy all that kind of stuff and asking us questions and like would you do anything for money and just things like that (laughs) (laughs) protecting you know protecting himself with who he brings into the camp because you have to when him um and he loved us because we're just all honest and open and Well, I'm guessing he would have picked up on the fact that you were both quite innocent and kind of unaware of the fact he was almost testing you a little bit there. Yeah, we didn't have a clue because we were all green and innocent and we're horrible at picking up when people are playing games or there's strategies or, you know, because we're all kind of innocent and and we like looking at the world through, you know, innocent eyes where you trust everyone and, you know. Yeah, and in this case it definitely worked for you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so it worked. (laughs) So you joined the band and then you're touring around the world with Prince and I'm going to talk about a couple of those tours, uh, hopefully with you in a little bit. But before you kind of know it, you're on the Super Bowl stage. (laughs) Um, Tell me about that. What was the lead up like, rehearsals? How nervous were you? Did it feel like you were about to do like the biggest show in the world? 
um, or did it feel like just kind of another show? Because the show to watch as a Prince fan, I remember watching it and going, that's not too far off what the tour was like. I went to that tour, luckily enough, um, 21 Nights and things. And I was like, was there a specific rehearsal that was dramatically different to your standard rehearsal or did it just feel like you were just extending your normal show? Um, I think, well, first of all, going back to the innocence and the ignorance, which is somewhere where I kind of like to live sometimes because then you don't have any expectations and attachments to what you're doing. And, you know, sometimes when you research things and then your mind gets attached to things and you start stressing out more. Um, In this scenario, I actually didn't really know what the Super Bowl was. I'm not a sports fan. I grew up in Australia. I don't watch sports. I think maybe the only time I had even seen anything to do with the Super Bowl but still wasn't really sure what it was was a Michael Jackson performance when he did halftime. Um, yeah. But I, I wasn't really clued into what it was really. So when we were like, yeah, we're doing the Super Bowl, blah, 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 we'll just tell people what we're rehearsing for or something. And they're going, are you serious? Do you not even know what you're, what you're about to do? And we were like, what do you mean? Yeah, we're just rehearsing for some sports show or something. We don't, don't know. That's the biggest televised show all around the world or whatever, blah, 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 blah. And we're like, it is? Oh, okay. Uh, yep. Yeah. <laughs> we're kind of like well, we're just in our own worlds around it. The thing, the one thing that was different is we. I think that was the first time we performed on the symbol stage. I think so. We had to map out the um, like how how we we're going to choreograph it, the actual piece on a stage that wasn't just flat because we were yeah. used to doing like you know, just th- like theatres at that point or something, we were ramping up. <clears throat> um, so I think that was the first time we were working on the symbol stage. So we had to kind of map out kind of like a symbol and had to print out little mini symbols on pieces of paper and, map, okay, you're going to be there on this part, you're going to be there so we can visually see it because we were rehearsing in Vegas at the time because we were doing the Vegas shows. <clears throat> Those shows were at the Rio and they were um, just like a one audience. Like we're not, we don't, we're not in the round, we weren't in the big arenas or anything like that. So us as choreographers, we had to think of how are we going to, um, how do we choreograph this so the, so the whole audience can kind of benefit from what we're doing instead of just pointing forward like we did in the yeah. theatre. <clears throat> um, so that was a new experience for us and, yeah, yeah it was pretty pretty amazing. <laughs> and you, of course, had the additional challenge of the rain. Yeah, the rain, yeah. How, how nervous were you when before you go on and you see that it's absolutely, I'm trying not to swear, but in England we'd say peeing it down. Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't know, because we come yeah. from England. Oh, I, my heritage from my mum's side is your country. <laughs> Makes sense. So it's peeing it down. Um, how how nervous did that make you prior to going on? Or was it just a case of, do you know what? Embrace it. Let's do it. You know, you're just doing it. And it wasn't raining when we got out there either. It wasn't oh, okay. raining yet. So we were in the beginning, mine and my sister's kind of choreography positions. We started on our knees, bending backwards, like laying back, looking up at the, at the, um, at the, at the what do you call it, at the sky. Yeah. So we began the opening of the number that you couldn't really see it on the video, but we're laying back on our knees like, like this, kind of <clears throat> looking up at the sky and then all the pyro goes up. So we're looking at that was the most amazing part because the, the perspective because we're not looking at the audience. We're just kind of in a place of surrender and just laying back just looking at it all and all the pyro comes down and then it all comes down like rain, <clears throat> but it wasn't raining yet. So it happened in the middle of the performance. Um, 
And I mean, I don't feel like I remembered getting nervous. Just keep going because we're we're in we've rehearsed it. Yeah. But some people always question about the heels because we had high heels, the heels on. Like, how did you do that in the rain and blah, 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 blah. But we um we had also worked on a cruise ship in the past when we were younger. So we had to dance on a moving stage. So we were kind of created this technique called like a clean mark. Like you're 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 doing it, but you're not you're not doing you're not you're not giving energy as if you're safe kind of thing. Like you kind of bring the energy in and you hold you hold the energy in, and we call that like a clean mark. Like you're you're expressing and you're performing, but the energy is more um, controlled because you yeah. might slip over or you might fall over when we're on the cruise ship. So we kind of had that had like a practice and a technique from years ago that we felt that we ended up implementing when it was started raining. So we felt safe and, you know, we're still we're still killing it and owning it and performing it and we're going to like kind of hold the energy in so we don't slip or break our necks. <laughs> that know. would be me. I can't even imagine the thigh pain. I get so, like dancing in high heels absolutely kills me. So I have utmost respect. <laughs> um, so I want to ask you about 21 Nights in London. That was my first ever print show. I, For our listeners, they've probably heard this story a thousand times by this point, but um, I saw you guys for the first time when I was 10. It's my first ever print show, first ever show ever, first time in London. Um, and I, I dressed up, I made like a little kiss outfit and... Um, I was in like way back in the nosebleed seats. Like we had the bad seats, but it it literally kind of ended up shaping my life as a fan. And, you know, most of the people I have in my life, I have because of Prince. So it was a really life-changing moment. And really? without kind of gushing too much, um, I was like, I'm going to be a dancer. And you were one of the people I was like, I'm going to be Mayo when I grow up. Um, <laughs> I'm going to be Prince's dancer. <laughs> How old are you though? I was 10. You were 10? So how old are you now then? 25. Oh, wow. I know. So uh, seeing that show really kind of changed changed the kind of course of my life. Um, and I have such brilliant memories from that whole period. And because it was the last night of the tour, I was kind of listening to the build-up and reading all the reviews as every night passed. Um, and we we had Morris uh, Hayes on the sh- on the podcast not long ago, and I was asking him about his memories. Um, so I'm just wondering what what are yours? It was such a long stint in London. What what are some of your memories from that period? I mean, I used to love um, kind of sneaking in Prince's box as he enters the stage because he climbed in used to climb into a box and he would be the only one kind of coming under so no one knows he's entering the stage and um I used to remember when he comes off stage me and Nandy would hop in the box and he doesn't know so he's he's in his little flow and you know how he does his little walk comes down the stairs and or down the lift or however he came down and then goes to hop in the in the thing because it's the end of the show and me and Nanny are sitting in there (laughs) get out you know and then pushes us out because we can I don't even know if we can all fit sometimes I think actually I think we could all fit but it was a bit tight yeah one time he just let us stay in there and then we walked when we all went out together. <clears throat> so that moments like that was really fun. It was cute. But I was learn I was learning a lot from him because he would do things last minute. And I didn't understand like why do you 
and this kind of aligns with more of my, the spiritual life that I've been living and, and how I've been helping people in there, like be it learn to live in the moment more. <clears throat> um, I didn't quite get it when he told me, but but since, and I've been on my own discoveries, I'm like, oh, that was what Prince was doing because um, he would he would figure out set lists like five minutes before the show and stuff like that and we'd all be stressing out because we don't know. Um, we've, we have to put outfits in order, whether we're wearing head mics, hand mics, shoes everything has to be pre-prepped behind with all the wardrobe ladies and stuff <clears throat> and depending on the set list and everything would be last minute and then I don't know I kind of need to focus on what I'm doing with my body and where I'm stretching and warming up <clears throat> and vocally and just all of it you know to pre-prep plan it was really hard because you would do things last minute um but, but yeah there was he used to say if I if I pre-plan things then I won't be in the moment so I, I do things last minute because it's because then I can feel into what the moment's calling for and now that I'm living the way that I'm living, I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, I get what he was doing now. Um, <clears throat> so that was beautiful. But another memory that I have, and this isn't to do with Prince, but my, um, I met my cousin for the first time because we uh, got, uh, one of our grandmothers, we had a grandmother and then two aunties, her sisters, one moved to America, one moved to, <clears throat> to London. And right. um, so we met one of her daughters. She had already passed, but we met her daughter. And then her kids, and she's hilarious, this lady. <clears throat> you know, she's a bit voluptuous. Her name's Claire. Hi, Claire, if you're listening. Um, and um, she she performs too, and she's got these feather balls and does, like, comedy, like, fun comedy shows and things. I love that. Really hilarious. And there's the British comedy. I love British comedy. She's like, after the show when we first met, she goes, you know, I was thinking while I was watching you perform, and she's like, she goes, if one of you hurt yourself and you needed a replacement, you know, I think I'd be the perfect person to fill in for, for one of you. <laughs> I love oh, her son in that. It's like reminding me of what you said about I'm going to be her when I grow up because she was saying, like, I'm going to be, and she doesn't look anything like us, you know. <clears throat> so that's <laughs> the funny part, like all comedy. I'm like, I love you. She's she's brilliant. So we got to meet our family that we hadn't met because we were in London and then we actually brought our mum over and our sister and our nephews. So they got to visit too and got to take our mum on a tour of like Europe and, you know, because we had downtime. So we took her to Germany and we took her to Paris and, you know, it was just be- a beautiful opportunity while we were there to to do that. And our mum passed away now. So she got to, we because of us, we got to have her travel because she'd never left Australia. Wow. So she came to America. We took her to the Redwood Forest and she came on the cruise ship with us and then, London when we did London she ended up coming to so she she loved it and she didn't have much money or anything so because we were making good money at the time we ended up taking her clothes shopping this was, was this, this in was, London this was in London so we took I don't know remember the store but we took her and she didn't know how to receive at first because we said just buy what you want get what you want and just took her on a full shopping spree and she's at first she's like oh, uncomfortable because she didn't know how to receive. But then once she got into it, she's all this and this and this. She turns into <laughs> starts turning into it. I was like, who are you, mum? Oh, greedy! All of a sudden, she started like oh, turning and getting all excited. It was really cute. So we oh. took her clothes shopping for the first time, and it was beautiful to be able to give back to her. So, yeah, some of my special memories. 
Yeah. I love that. I love that there's wider wider memories that aren't just about being on stage because I think a lot of people tend to forget that it's not just the shows, it's not just the rehearsals. Life continues around all of this. And I love that you have such a beautiful memory with your mom from around this period. And it wasn't just about work and it wasn't just about doing those rehearsal times. Yeah. Um, and you can be safe in the knowledge that show changed my life, even if you didn't know it. Um <laughs> That show changed my life, even if you didn't know it at the time. There was a little 10-year-old at the back uh, dancing like crazy. <laughs> well, I'm glad to be a, an inspiration for... So you're dancing now? I'm not now. I, I do hair and makeup now. That's what I do for a living. Okay. Um, so now I would want to be under the symbol doing your hair and makeup. Um, but yeah. at the time, I, I wanted to be a dancer. That was what I wanted to do. Yeah, beautiful. Hair <laughs> yeah, and makeup's beautiful too. Yeah, um, it's just creative I feel like so many people that are in the creative industry they tend to be really good at hair and makeup and art and music I feel like it often kind of comes all together doesn't it that artistic kind of vibe did you ever meet the hair and make the makeup girls from London no I I wish desperately that I had when I um I didn't I wonder if still over there Katrina What's the other girl's name? Oh, I'm forgetting her name. But there was two main girls that did us. One was um, like African-British mix and then the other girl was like Indian mix. So she, they just had both had beautiful different styles. Yeah. And then the Indian girl, she used to do um, Indian weddings. So her makeup was ridiculous, like whatever. All the all these crazy designs, big eyelashes, elaborate, like little bindies all over our faces. <clears throat> they were beautiful makeup artists. You shouldn't try and connect with them <laughs> yeah definitely if, if you can remember their names that would be ideal I would love to connect with them um but I, I thought I, I didn't find that I was doing makeup until much later in life I was 18-ish when I decided to do it um but um I thought maybe it could still happen I could still end up at Paisley Park but um unfortunately wasn't meant to be so I wanted to talk to you as well about this changing career um, that you've now gone much further down the spiritual path and I'm sure you use music as part of that and as part of um, helping other people. So how was the experience that you had uh, over all that we've just spoken about? How is that now influencing the career path that you now do? Um, Well, just in hindsight, I definitely learned a lot from what he used to say to me that I didn't get at the time around living in the moment yeah. and not projecting your futures so you can actually stay present to what you're doing. Um, so I definitely brought a lot of that energy into it. Um, being, being able to, I've worked with a lot of fans in my coaching business, not not all of them, but there are people, fans and people that, that do want to work with me. In the beginning when he passed, I was actually helping people with their um, with their morning um wow. around um yeah and moving through um princess passing so there was people that I helped in that healing journey not limited to that I work with people from all over the world you know different different communities and um different industries and stuff but but yeah there were people that I did help some of the prince fans that would like really you know having struggling with letting him go and just helping them on their spiritual journey and, and just remembering that we're all you know we're all equal. We're all the same. Prince is a human. He's a, mag- a magical human, but we're all, 
you know, we're all equal. We don't need to put anyone on pedestals. You know, <clears throat> he's just going through his journey there. All just as all the Prince fans are just as beautiful and powerful energetically as him. You know, and to, to be out and to know that we all have access to to the level of presence that he had. You know, so I I, lo- I love helping people just kind of see <clears throat> that the power that he had as a being. We can all tap into that ourselves too, because he was he's always been that powerful since he was a younger you know with all of his instruments and just how he stands for himself and what he wants his life to be um so how I help people in in that in that journey um is like yeah just reminding people of who they are especially if they were Prince fans like you are you actually are a part of Prince he's a part of you we're all one energetically and anything that you want to create for yourself you can you know you don't have to feel like you're less than because sometimes in the in the celebrity fan situation, there's like, you know, I'm looking up to something that I think is better than me. And then that and that light is pulling me up into into something that I am. And then, you know, there comes a time where you can evolve beyond, you know, your guide or your, you know, someone that you consider a leader or something. Like I Michael Jackson was my guy. <clears throat> and then um and I used to have him plastered all over my wall like a fan. Like you've got your little Prince guitar in the back. I had all Michael Jackson stuff. And then when I began, when I felt like I became my version of, of Michael Jackson, I didn't even like I, the fan thing of what because he's he's a teacher, right? So he pulls you out and he guides you. And then I implemented and embodied my version of who I am for myself in my own power. And then I then there was no more posters on the walls. Like I'm literally I'm creating my own life and my own journey. <clears throat> um, without needing to have a guide anymore like they these guides and like prince is a guide is a healer with his music and helps you know forward people forward society and sensuality and sexuality in the 80s and you know cutting through these old norms of spirituality and stuff <clears throat> um but you know that we're here to learn and then it, there comes a point where you know you got to get people off the pedestal because then you're constantly if they're on a pedestal then where are you yeah, I totally agree. Below something, and I've done it too because now even in the spiritual community, I look up to. I was was looking up to channels, people that channel higher entities, and I'm looking up. I'm looking up to the energy that's coming through these beings as they've got so much higher consciousness and wisdom from different perspectives. <clears throat> and then I had to even check myself as a human in my body that. I was put in these higher frequencies or energies from a higher conscious planets and beings as better than me in, in my human realm. So I had to even check myself and I had moments on, oh, actually, yeah, I'm putting them on a pedestal too <laughs> when they're just in a different reality and a different perspective. Nothing's better or worse, you know, and I'm in my state and I'm a creator just like them and we're all spirits and we're all, you know, just on different journeys together and, you know, it's nice to just level that energy so you can really embody your own, you know, authenticity and power as a spirit and a being. And so, yeah, I love doing that work. I work with people remotely and um, and I have an online coaching program called Passion to Purpose where it's kind of taking you through a spiritual journey, letting go, <clears throat> moving through, letting go of all your past issues, whether it's old mindsets, any past traumas that you've had in your life. Um, and then once we move through that stage, then we um, start letting go of things that aren't serving us anymore, whether it's it could be relationships, it could be jobs, it could be 
old email subscriptions, whatever it is that's cluttering up your life with things that aren't serving you anymore because it's old, which helps you move into the present. So we clear all this old stuff. So then it brings, creates space for you to move into you know, what you actually want to create now. And then I help you help um, help your master listen into your intuition so you can really tap into your higher frequency and what is actually calling to you for your life and outside of the matrix and the structure and how we think society should be. Um, and in that way, then it brings you in, calls you into your passion and whatever your purpose is and moves you full throttle into that. Um, and then who who are you as a contribution so this is a whole six-month journey that can take you into, you know, a full-on life and spiritual evolution to give you tools that can support you in that journey. And, um, you know, it's just amazing. I think that this is going to be really helpful for a lot of people, especially post-COVID. Um, I know speaking for myself, having that time at home, it really made me reevaluate where I am in my life, what I want to do, am I doing what I'm passionate about? And I'm sure there's lots of people listening that very much so felt the same. I know a lot of people that started small businesses over that time that decided they didn't want to be in the job that they're in. So I think that this would be a brilliant thing for a lot of people who felt like that maybe to take up or just have a conversation with you yeah yeah yeah, it's beautiful I did work with a lot of people through COVID that were dealing with mental um mental health issues especially if they were by themselves too you know so I definitely supported people in that and then people that were transitioning into their own online small businesses and I helped them kind of build that bridge and kind of look at you know what is their what are they what's their gift how do they package that um so for people that want to do that move into their own business I, I usually support with that too from an energetic standpoint and then structurally too um, I'm kind of like your cheerleader we talk every week you know and we have accountability like some people and and of course working on your health too because for you to be who you want to be and the best version of yourself you can't ignore your body either so um, if you're if you have health issues or you're overweight and you're not paying attention to your body or whatever it is and not eating bad food, then I can take you through like a I'm not a nutritionist, but I can help guide you in in ways that are going to benefit your life with what you're with what you're putting into your body as well as um as like daily routines, morning routines, um, meditation, yoga. So you can start structuring like a pretty much a self-care, self-love regime. Because if you want to be a contribution to the world and you know you've got a calling and everyone has, you just got to tap into what that is for you and it all looks different like yours is through makeup. You get to bomb out people's faces and contribute to people in that way. But everyone's got their gift of a contribution that's authentic to them. And as soon as you tap into that, you need to manage yourself, your own time and know and know thyself so you can actually step away and take care of yourself so you can be of service to other people authentically. Otherwise, you'll start resenting it and you're not you're not happy and you start stressing out and you start you'll know that when you're you know you're not taking care of yourself because you'll start getting stressed out or um or anxious or you know you'll start having a more emotional feelings around whatever it is you're doing. So you've always got to check back into yourself. So I really help people on their self-guide them on their self-love journey to so they can support themselves to then be able to, you know, make an impact in the world. I think that is something that I everyone should do I honestly I think 
especially when you if you're in a nine to five, it can get really, really difficult to kind of find that time to think about yourself, to think about where you are in life and how you want to improve. And I think having someone like yourself to be able to hold you accountable, to make sure you're not making those excuses and making sure that you do find the time is a really sensible thing to do. And you do have an option for people as well if they feel um, that they can do this elsewhere in a more relaxed setting. Um, if you want to talk to us about your retreat, that would be amazing. Yeah, yeah the, the retreats are amazing. I, um, I was called to do those because I was working a lot one-on-one with people online and, um, and I felt the call that they needed to connect and do the work in community now and in real time because of COVID too. <clears throat> so we need that, you know, that connection, that human connection. Um, so we have this beautiful um, eight-day chakra healing retreat in the jungle outside of Tulum in Mexico um, where, where we get to connect with the land, the water, you know, the smells, the birds. It's really, it's just a really magical place. It's an eco-friendly resort. So everything's taken care of the land. You know, you have to have, um, if you put sunscreen on, you have got have to have um, eco sunscreen, like things like that. We have beautiful um we have three meals a day that's all really healthy. You know, we're doing this next retreat. It's just all going to be vegan and vegetarian, just yummy. When you leave the retreat, you're like, what am I doing? Like I need a chef that can do that for me every day and like get so spoiled. <clears throat> um, and then um, because it's because we're working with the chakras, do you know what the chakras are? It's your it? energy, am I correct? So whether it um, be your aura almost, am I, am I there? <laughs> So the, so the aura is more of the external energy that you're emulating. The, right. chakra center, the chakras are energy centers in within the body. And there's right. more, there's more, there's more than eight or more than seven, but um, but the main ones are the seven. It's just a nice guide, you know. So each each chakra from the root to the crown, the root is all about your grounding, how you how you feel like secure, um, your financial your financial grounding, maybe you're feeling insecure financially, maybe you have too, maybe there's too much abundance. So people, there's a, um, some people think, okay, my energies aren't, um, aren't aligned or they're off or I need to heal my energy centers. It's more, um, your, your energy centers can be at an imbalance one way or the other. So maybe you're maybe you're bringing in too much abundance and it's too much. There's too much energy and you need to really centre that. Or maybe you're having scarce finance, financial scarcity, or and you need to bring that back into the centre too, because one could be too much. Maybe there's too much ego coming on this side and you need to balance it out because there's it's too much of an overwhelm or even vice versa. So that yeah, the sacral the um the root chakra is um is yeah all about your kind of grounding and then the sensual. The next one is your is your kind of sensuality, is your sacral chakra, and that's all about creativity, flow, the water, the elements, water. The root chakra is earth, and then the elements, the element is water for the sensual and creativity and that open flow state. So maybe you're feeling um, too stiff or structured in your life, or maybe you're you're not feeling sexual. Or maybe you're too sexual. Maybe you're maybe you're like a <laughs> there's too much horniness and, and there's like an imbalance there. Maybe you need attention or love in a certain way and it's not off balance. Um, or you know, so it's all about bringing it to balance. Um, and then the, your solar plexus is next. That's so all about your willpower, kind of like your ego and your physical drive in, and creating what you want to create in the physical realm. Um, and then the next is your heart chakra. 
which is, you know, the way that you love maybe your heart's closed because you've been hurt or, you know, heartbroken or you don't trust people and then you feel clenched and closed, which kind of brings your energy in, which when you're not in that open space, then nothing will come to you. You know, you've got to be open and, and in that loving space <clears throat> and that can, that can you know, ricochet into all the different areas of your life. Um, so that's the heart chakra and then the throat um, is the next one, which is your communication, being able to speak clearly, speak your truth, um, being able to voice what um, you what you want to create. Like people that are good at selling are probably good at with their throat chakra, right? Because <clears throat> they're good at communicating and sharing even their vision and then that helps create and manifest in the physical realm. Um, and then after the throat is the third eye. That's all about your intuition, your intuitive sense and your vision, being able to even see your vision. You know, some people are, might feel stuck. Um, people that are out there like, I don't know what I'm doing with my life or I can't really see. Some people are good at seeing. Like I can see my whole vision and my plan and other people it's like mucky, like where am I going? But some people have visuals where they just supports the physical realm so that you can just move into it because it's already seen kind of thing. Yeah. So that's third eye. And then the crown is um is about is knowledge, and then also you're connecting to your higher self and your and the ethers, you know, and the and your spiritual realm more. So um we kind of take you through that process, which is starting from the root, and that's more in the earthly, human, the sexual, sensual grounding, and then moving through into the action, into the heart, into the throat, into the into more of the ethereal. So you can connect to your higher self and, and create downloads where you can. Well, you don't have to work your brain so hard and you can just get actual downloads. Go, oh, yeah, that's what I'm meant to be doing. Oh, yeah, that's why I'm doing that. And you just kind of can move into that state of surrender. That's the higher chakras. <laughs> um, so, yeah, every day we do something different. We have yoga in the mornings. We do. Um, we have like a temascal ceremony, which is like a sweat lodge, which helps you um, let go of toxins in the body. It helps with the throat chakra because you're breathing in this beautiful um volcanic rock that they that they heat up in the fire it's beautiful wow. you come out like you're like you were in your mother's womb and you're literally rebirthed wow. and i'll share something with you that happened when i the last time i did it at the retreat in march that we had i came out of, of the um the temascal and um prince started coming through wow now, i've never channeled him before i've had other people channels that I'm talking to channel him and they and he's telling me things like I've had him tell me stuff through other people that are channels that's actually what they do and I've always loved channels and I'm like I would love to be a channel one day <clears throat> I just haven't been in the space or opened up my energy into that like I really need to be in a spacious space and I'm really grounding and action driven and implementing <clears throat> um I love being in that world too but, yeah, Prince ended up coming through and was giving me messages for, like, three of the participants and then messages for myself. Yeah. Wow. And, I, and it was funny because I'm like, we just got out and then we needed to move into the cenote because we have these beautiful cenotes there that are the underground um, pure water wells that are underneath the whole um, area in Mexico in the Riviera Maya. And so I was like, <laughs> I'm trying to host the retreat and then he's telling me things and he's t talking to other people through me. And then I'm like, and then I tried to look, I had to look after myself because I needed to to hydrate because I'd just come out of the Tamaskal and I was trying to curate everyone to move into the next event. What <laughs> a process, what, what you've achieved, because it is such an achievement to get to that kind of state where you're able to accept that. Yeah. And, I, and it was a, bit, a little bit hard for me because I'm still in my earth and then I'm trying to maneuver the 
the the crew to move into the next thing and then he's still coming through and I and once everyone got there then it was like I was in three different worlds I was in the retreat world I was in listening to him world for myself and then also for other people so there was three things going on at the same time and I had to once everyone got to the Sonite I couldn't I, I actually wasn't present in the Sonite journey that we did because we were doing like a water blessing and you know doing mantras and chanting and stuff in the Sonites um I wasn't actually present for that because I actually had to drop in to be present to him because he kept, he was kept talking to me and I and I had and I had ended up sitting down and like once everyone got there then I could fully just okay okay and I had to verbally say it to to embody it really for myself because he kept saying um I'm going to keep coming through I'm going to keep coming I'm going to keep coming he was like saying that to me and then I was sitting there like out loud yes okay okay I hear okay I'm I, I get it I'm I'm open I'm I'm receiving <laughs> and then I had all goosebumps like I'm getting goosebumps now and then after that moment, there was another guy that came. He was actually, um, I met him through the Prince community. So he was, he's, he's a huge Prince fan too. So he was I, the only person that came that was kind of like a Prince fan <clears throat> to the retreat. Um, and he's standing here and I can feel him, but I wasn't looking at him because I was in this moment. <clears throat> and then, of course, because he's there, um prince moves moves me over like like i get called to go over to him and then he starts giving downloads to this guy and and starts talking saying things to me to tell him and i'm like okay he's he's here and he's telling you this and he's saying this to you and that and then um everyone was near the sonata doing this water blessing and they were all doing this chant but once they started doing that energy because that because there was a multitude of them, their energy started cutting out the signal, so I couldn't I was I couldn't feel whether it was there or not. It was really interesting because their energy was coming up and they're all the vibration of all of them singing together, <clears throat> and um, and then once it kind of died down, he was my friend was like, "Is he still there?" And I was like, "Hang on," and then I had to check because the energy was cut. And then I was like, okay, yeah, yeah, he's still here. Like he's, he had to kind of, there needed to be space for him to come back in because all of the the chanting from the Sonite, from the guests were coming up and getting in the way. And then he came through and had more to kind of share for him. <laughs> wow. That must have been so special for you, not only your spiritual journey, but also for your grief process as well. Like I'm sure it was incredibly bittersweet, but such an achievement for you to be able to get to that position where you were able to accept his message and be that channel and as Prince always did in life kind of share those notes with everyone else it must be incredibly special for you it was it was really special and I I can sometimes feel him but I haven't been as open to receiving yeah coming through but you know it'll happen when it's meant to happen I know everything always happens in the right time that's one thing that um, I've learned to accept recently. Everything happens at the right time. Um, Everything's happening for you, not to you. And, you yeah. just, and that's when you're in that surrender state. It's like because you've got lessons to learn. If it feels uncomfortable, then you're learning lessons. And if when it's great, it's great. You know. And for anyone that's considering coming on to your next retreat, mm-hmm. can you go as a complete beginner? As someone like myself, maybe that didn't wasn't hundred percent what a chakra was, is it something that 
someone who knows nothing about spirituality and is at the start of their journey can come and enjoy as much as someone who has maybe done something like this before yeah yeah it's open to anyone like it's really beautiful the community that we create in these retreats it's this real safe container for you to be vulnerable and authentic with where you are you don't have to have done anything you don't have to know anything maybe you maybe you want to come because you want to play guitar around the fire maybe you want to come because you love yoga yoga's at any level we've got beautiful facilitators <clears throat> um my co-creator um maddie Possa, she's um really beautiful she's going to be leading the yoga and she she will help like I had a guy come from Australia never done yoga had bad back didn't think he could even make it on the plane like for that long and he's just committed to it came transformed his life after the three days in he could walk properly he had no pain in his back you know because wow. we really take care of you and make sure that the environment's beautiful for you the food you know the yoga so <clears throat> any of these um any of the, the things that we do in the retreat that are going to help you, you know, awaken and align. And it might just be, you might just need to release something or you might be inspired by the person sitting next to you and you really create community. Like we, we're still in a WhatsApp group together where everyone's still kind of connected. And one girl um, just messaged me saying, I've got my first retreat. She was one of the girls that Prince had a message for. <clears throat> I won't share the details because it's private, but um, but his energy was coming through for, for in some of that for her and her healing journey and her gifts for the world and so she's got her first retreat in January you know after this one and you guys it just happened you know there was lots of shifts that she had that happened in her life and everyone's kind of just sharing what's going on in their lives and their transformations um some of us just got into a yoga group where we where every day we're committed to, do, to actually doing yoga every day to a new year's eve <clears throat> so we're just you know it's just a beautiful you know community of connection with people that you know that are committed to their growth they're committed to self-love self-healing you know alignment living their passions living their purpose and you know really being on that journey so you don't feel alone and and have that support so the retreat is open it's um the next retreat is um november 10th to 17th outside of tulum mexico so you're flying to cancun we pick you up from the airport you know all the transports included and you know we just take you into this beautiful um beautiful transformational journey and I'm really, really hoping that you're still doing this next year because I really want to come. I've had Mexico. I'm a huge fan of um, Mayan culture and Mayan history. So Mexico has been on my list for forever. Um, so I'm really hoping you're doing this next year um, and I can make it work because I definitely want to come. Yeah, I'll definitely let you know um, when the next one is. And there might be some in America I'm looking at, maybe Australia, but you know, for now there's nothing else on the books yet. So <laughs> I'll definitely what's the website that people can head to to get any more details on either getting a conversation with yourself about coaching or to have a look at details for the retreat yeah so you can go on my website it's mayamclean.com m-a-y-a-m-c-c-l-e-a-n.com um, and then if you want to go to the retreats, it's slash retreats. Um, but you can find out about my online coaching program, Passion to Purpose. Um, sometimes I do one-offs of people. Most most people jump into my program. Um, but if you need like a little blast of, you know, good energy and, and help in a moment, we can sometimes do that. I have like a one-month package deal too that might be, um, be good for you if you want to just do little bits. But my six-month coaching program is the, um, is the one that really helps people and gives you that time 
to integrate and really transform. Um, but yeah, and then the retreats, you know, check it out. Yeah. You've made me excited for the retreats. Um, <laughs> you've sold me. I know that much. Of them. Like we did one. I've had co-facilitated at another girlfriend of mine. She's my co-facilitator in this retreat. <clears throat> so we had a, um, a retreat down in Bacala, which is on was on the lake. Um, so we did that one and then we had 10 days in between and then went straight into mine. I'm like, oh, it's just so beautiful living in retreats because it's like you're just in community, eating healthy food, doing healthy stuff, you know, getting connected with people, playing music, you know, doing yoga. I'm like what else is there in nature, in beautiful environments? It's like I could just live back-to-back retreats. It's amazing. Oh, I want your life. Um, <laughs> I will next year. I'm going to put it on on my list. Uh, it's going to go on my manifestation list. That a retreat is going to happen when you do I do make retreats too. Yes, I mean all kinds of retreats. <laughs> um, I wanted to point out as well. You post on your story, um, goddess cards quite a lot, and we have the same deck. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love and that. I love these. Yeah, it was funny because I posted about um, I, I I do I've been doing those those little readings just for myself. <clears throat> now I take this stuff like a grain of salt. I'm not like this is the truth oh, this is the, you know, everything's just a guide and and I just do what I enjoy and I tap into my own intuition and I use these things as a reflection. Now I got a message from the from Dorian Virtue because she's transformed into living a life of, um, of, of Christianity, I think. Like she's moved into that kind of sex, so she kind of <clears throat> everything that she did in the past with her spirituality with that deck, she doesn't kind of agree with anymore. So she's in a different part of her journey. I'm like, oh, okay, that's interesting. So she messaged me and sent me a video of kind of her beliefs now and what she's what she feels true. So I thought that was kind of funny. I suppose we're all on on our own journeys, aren't we? And we all take support from so many different things. I've got friends that uh, love crystal healing and tarot. There's so many different options for people, but I love the goddess deck. Um, For anyone that's just listening for the podcast, um, it's a goddess card deck and they are very, very positive cards. Um, They're not necessarily like tarot that can sometimes be a shock to the system, but um, they give really positive affirmations um and they're they're just really nice I love them um my nan's a medium she's a spiritualist kind of medium so she's raised me with all these kind of cards and that's one deck that I have seen and absolutely adored so I love the fact that you have the same one I was like oh that's cute we've got a little connection there oh it's on point too like I just kind of drop in I usually do past present and future I'm like yep that was literally yep 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 you know it's already just it's already, it's, and I think it's through your own perception too of whatever comes through. You can't make it be what it is. So it's more about listening to yourself and trusting whatever whatever you make of it instead of they're telling you what to do, you know, or that the card's right or kind of thing. It's like, oh, yeah, that's kind of through my own filter. Yep, that is that's a nice some nice confirmation there, you know. Yeah, and they are just really, really positive. Sometimes I've had experiences with other cards that sometimes you can finish them and feel more concerned or sometimes more worried. But the goddess mm-hmm. cards, I feel like they're always really positive affirmations um, that are kind of embedded in femininity and I just find them really positive cards. It keeps the positive energy going instead of looking at more. We don't need more negativity in this life. 
Yeah. Actually if we want great. more negativity, we can just put on the news and we don't need that. <laughs> Um, one final thing um, I really wanted to ask you about, and we may edit this out of the podcast because it's not Prince related. It's a personal little geeky moment for me. Um, but yourself and your sister were in Star Trek Picard recently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, how was how was that for you? Because I know you and your sister kind of do um, different things. You have different projects that you work on. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was one that you've done more recently together. So was that fun to kind of do a project together like that yeah it was really fun and we hadn't been on camera for a while because we've been behind we were doing directing and producing and and doing all that stuff and then I'm doing the retreats now and he's still directing um but yeah when I when I saw that thing pop into my phone when the the job was like they said prosthetics or something and then twins I'm like that'll be fun because I wanted to (laughs) be around multiple twins because there was all the every there was like I don't know 13 sets of twins or something on set so that was like a that was a blast because I got to kind of witness different types of twins like there were these two blonde girls that were like in there like and I'm like is that what we look like (laughs) like me and my sister like when we come together we kind of have to we don't do this as much anymore because we're kind of we we kind of went through a twin breakup which we was kind of intentional I was like once I went on my spiritual journey I'm like I think we need space to kind of become to separate and have a different journey and see what it's like to be a single person because otherwise we're like one we yeah. didn't, that was the one thing that was kind of also hindering my own identity and my own listening to my intuition was I never listened to my intuition I would I would say hang on what do we want to do that I don't know let me check with my sister and then we would make a mental decision instead of actually checking in to my own body with what felt good and what felt aligned for me as a single person and then does, is, does that work with my sister as a single person and then do we partner that way instead of we just always partner like we maybe we don't want to partner maybe that's something you want to do and or maybe I don't want to do it that way and we you know but we were just together as one <clears throat> so it was fun to just watch these twins there was these two little blonde girls that were just they live like I got to know them a bit and they live together they work together and then when they're on set, they're just together. They're just talking to each other. And this is probably what we look like too, but I got to see the outside. Like they didn't even socialise with anyone else on set. They were just with each other the whole time. And <laughs> it just looks like they did, they just met and they're kind of getting to know each other every time. Like it's new, like it's always new. And I'm like, well, me and Natty are like that whenever we're apart. We come together and we've got to fill each other in on everything that happened, kind of. So we've got the same perspective in the world. <laughs> it's fun. But, yeah, Picard was really fun. So, um, Mayor, if you could give us your social media, so if anyone who wants to get in touch or ask you any questions can do so, where can they contact you? Yeah, I think Instagram is probably the best. Um, if you have Instagram, it's at Mayor McLean. Maya, M-A-Y-A-M-C-C-L-E-A-N. Um, if you're on Facebook, I think Instagram's the best, but um, Facebook would be um, maya.mclean.2. That's my um, my Facebook page and you can connect me there. Send me a DM if anyone's interested in 
putting doing a session or doing remote um, coaching work with me. Um, I also teach teach vocals too, but I haven't really been doing that as much. <clears throat> Help people align with their with their throat chakra and open up, you know, their their communication through song. Um, but if you're interested in that or also my uh, six-month coaching program or one-on-one sessions, I usually do like a 30-minute a introduction. We call it a discovery session where I can't, we get to meet and then I get to talk to you about um, what you're looking to, to work on in your life and how I can be of service to you. Um, and then um, I can share all the rates and the cost and all the logistics and stuff about how I work um, more in depth and how I can be of service to you. So send me a DM through Instagram or Facebook and, yeah, we can book a call in and, and go from there. Amazing. Maya, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. I'm sure everyone has really felt um, uplifted by listening to what you've said. I certainly do. I feel like I've been on a little spiritual journey myself, just talking to you about yours. Um, Thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. You're welcome, Donna. Thanks for having me. Thank you.